This week on The Pour Over, Dill and Joe continue the discussion of the critically acclaimed HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Today we're talking episode 4, The Happiness of All Mankind. Yeah, this title was definitely misleading. Let's pour it all over. Hey everybody, we're the Sad Boys Podcast, hosted by myself, Dill. And Joe. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a sad episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. Mm -hmm. For those of you who have stuck around, we welcome you back, and we are so sad to dive into the sad show discussion this week, (laughs) and also share about our coffee experiences. You know, but before we get into the happiest show on earth... Let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Dill? Nice little mix up there. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. Mixing it up. You know, just, just, just trying to be honest over here. Yeah. Just realizing what, what's been going on for three episodes the Sad now. Boys podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, what, what you uh, what you been brewing, man? Yeah, so I've uh, actually still been brewing the John Castillo Deeper Roots and I have a com- I have a coffee confession to make. Ooh, coffee confession. Yes. I have actually been using creamer in my coffee for the past three weeks. Three weeks. Ooh. Oh, man. That, that's, that, that's a confession right there. Some people <sighs> yeah. would tell you to repent. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgive me, forgive me, for I have sinned. Coffee gods, nah, forgive nah. me. It's, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't judge. I don't judge. Mm. But yeah, why? You, you tell us a bit more. What, what's been going on? Yeah, so uh, to James Hoffman's dis- dismay, um, I have been drinking a creamer by, uh, I believe the brand is called just Super Coffee, or um, it could also be called uh, Kitu. Uh, that's like a mm. K-I-T-U. That's kind of the brand in, in the corner there. But I've been drinking the their original Super Creamer, which is, um, I believe it is dairy-free, and mm. it is uh, zero sugar, uh, 50 calories, and it's got protein in it. Mm. And it's a MCT oil protein blend creamer. It sounds intense. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, you remember in the beginning of the pod when we talked about uh, Bulletproof Coffee? Yeah. So this uses the same uh, oil that they put in Bulletproof Coffee. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So you want to know the rationale for why I've been drinking yes, this please. pudding creamer? Do, do share. Okay, so I remember a while back I talked about how my Chemex filters are out. Mm-hmm. Now my uh, Hario, my um, not Hario, my Kalita Wave filters have been out. Oh man! So I've been bringing with the AeroPress, and unfortunately with the AeroPress, I can't make as much coffee. True. So from a utilitarian standpoint, I've been drinking with creamer, so my coffee lasts longer during the day. Oh, increasing the volume. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. And um, sad boys to share that I've actually been enjoying it. Okay, I, I like the yeah. creamy creaminess. Uh, did did you you know you, you like did it all shady the first time? You like look around, make sure no one's <laughs> looking over your shoulder. Like, oh no. Yeah, I did a couple hail, Mar- hail marys after I yeah, drank the yeah. first cup. Yeah, it was it was mm. uh, it's definitely an experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, no no hate here. We'll, we'll see how people might respond to you now that you publicly <laughs> confess to the world. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, you you do you. You know, I I talked to someone recently 
um, that also feels like it's bad to, to use creamer or like sugar, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I tell him like, you know, coffee is your personal drink. Drink mm. whatever you like, man. Like it's fine Dude, in my opinion. I like that. Yeah, you do you. Don't have to be a certain way just because uh, people, quote unquote, people out there say that, you know? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. And, you know, like espresso drinks, like lattes, all that stuff, they, they just add milk in that, too. It's a little different. But, you right. know, on a very superficial level, just like coffee and, and some type of dairy or some type of milk thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So yeah, we're we're not that quite snobby. I think maybe at one point in the pod we talked exclusively <laughs> about pour overs. So maybe a little hypocritical now, but uh, I think we the creamy boys too. Hey, hey. What about you, man? How has uh, your coffee game been this week? Yeah, it's been good. You know, still still on the Oak Cliff uh, that I, I talked about last week mm-hmm. uh, from Ethiopia. You so like it? I think yeah, I. I don't know if it's me. I, like I'm just trying to dial it in more. Like I think it's been getting a little bit better. Like um, James Hoffman recently had a video on the Chemex. Um, uh huh. Yeah, I watched it's not that. really a technique yeah. thing, but it is a good video. Would recommend it. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Just like generally the history and some technique is like just a lot of stuff just mm-hmm. randomly about the Chemex. But because that's my mm-hmm. that's been my daily brewer for a while now. Yeah. And so with that, I've been because he said like even if you brew longer than normal, like you know, versus your V60 or something else, that's okay. You don't uh-huh. have to try to adjust the time, which is something I think I've been trying to do. Hmm. So, you know, I, I grind a little bit finer and I feel like I'm still dialing it in. Yeah. I don't, because, you know, I shared on their like tasting guide or whatever clock thing um, that this bean is supposed to be really tangy. Mm-hmm. Um, according to them, according to Oak Cliff, I... I don't know if I just set my expectations too high, but I feel like it's not as extremely like tangy or bright mm. as I thought it was going to be. Interesting. Cause those yeah. flavor notes you talked about last week were like, um, I remember like orange candy. Let me see mm-hmm. what you said. Passion fruit and honeysuckle. Yeah. So, the, I mean, so, that's, that's mm. like pretty bright and tangy. Yeah, so I'm like, it is there. There's definitely brightness to it, and maybe mm-hmm. I just thought it'd be more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm still trying to dial it in, work on it. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll try a different brew method, see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but something to look forward to for next time we talk. Mm-hmm. I um, maybe Impulse bought a little bit, but I, I found out about this... A coffee company called Yes Please, and that's PLZ, um, and they are a a roaster that you can kind of order a subscription from them online. Oh, okay. They're, they don't Another like have any shops or anything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. At first, I thought they were you know like Misto Box or something where yeah. they would curate all the different roasters and send them to you. Mm-hmm. And then I realized they themselves are a roaster. Oh, and interesting. They they kind of take. Uh, they have a little bit of different take on it. Like their tagline is uh, brews and zines because they, every week, oh, depending on your, you can do every week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. They'll send you a bag of coffee and then they'll send you a magazine ah. that they produce themselves. Now, is um, that so. magazine coffee related? 
I think it is, but not exclusively. Okay. Like, I, I, was, I was looking at it on their website. It seems like they, it's just like generally a culture magazine. So they okay. interview like musicians, like restaurant chefs, different oh, cool. things. And which is interesting because one of the founders of Yes Please is kind of like the originator of online subscription coffee oh. in, in a way. His, his name is Tonks. T-O-N-X, mm-hmm. and he started one of the first online, like, home delivery coffee companies. I see. Like, way back in the earlier 2000s, I think, which, and I was just reading their About Us page just to get a little bit more info. Mm-hmm. Um, that, his company eventually, I guess, was bought by Blue Bottle. Oh. Which is, like, one of the biggest coffee right. companies. yeah, um, California. And, yeah, now it's, it's their, like, home delivery mm. branch of their business. Interesting. And so and now after a while, I guess he's trying to get back into it, starting his own business. Him and another guy who's their roaster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I, I mostly, like I said, I impulse subscribed because mm-hmm. one of the podcasts that I listen to, they kind of have like a promo and stuff. Hey, and so I was like, hey, I try it out. Um, hey, can we so get one yeah, of those promo we'll codes to share with our listeners too? I mean, you know. I just give you the same promo code, <laughs> you know, it, it'll be like, hey, wait, we not sponsored here, but yeah, someone no. else's podcast was sponsored. I'm trying to get a I, pour over 20, you know, like trying yeah. to get a pour over 20 code to our listeners. Hey, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately at this time, we don't have that sponsorship, but maybe in the future, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll link it in the show notes. I mean, the promo code I use is Marco sent me. I'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. <laughs> uh, Marco sent me. I mean, I think you get like twenty five percent off or something. Ooh, so nice. Yeah. So that's why it helps the impulse buy. So as long as that works, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. So by the time we record next time, I'll, I'll have received it, so I can give a little bit more of an update on it. Yeah. But just some some to look forward to. I'm trying to follow through on my coffee resolution. Try new things. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. Cool, cool, man. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. So part two of this opening segment, uh, what what have been your coffee thoughts? Oh, um, so one coffee thought that I have, um, and this is something I discovered recently. It's funny because last week we talked about the Chinese New Year, the Lunar Mm -hmm. New Year story about how the cat never got across the river. Yep. I've been finding out that I'm allergic to cats. What? Yes. It's kind of sad, man. <laughs> You're finding this as like an adult? Yeah. Do you just not notice it before? Well, we never had cats growing up. And mm. even a lot of my friends, you know, not a lot of them had cats. And, um, you know, now in retrospect, I feel like maybe I, I did have a little bit of a reaction coming home from some of my friends' houses who had cats. Mm. But for the past two weeks, I've been around cats, like in the, on, on the weekends, and um, every following morning, I just um, my uh, I guess my congestion gets a little worse. Like I just mm-hmm. get more congested, and I get really itchy. Like oh. I'll leave the place and just feeling very itchy, and like I'll, I'll feel like I had to take a shower once I get home. Interesting. Um, so I, I don't think it's a I don't think that's like a heavy reaction to cats, but. You know, this is me, this is like my reaction 
grow, you know, growing up feeling like I never had any allergies, which is like something I pride mm. myself in. I'm like, oh, yeah, people yeah. Are like, oh, I can't eat peanuts. I'm like, dude, peanuts are the best ever. Like, I'm so <laughs> sad that you can't eat peanuts. I can eat peanuts. I can eat, eat a handful right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I found out that I'm allergic to cats. That's a bummer, dude. I mean, mm. I, I don't know your stance on cats before this, but either way, that's sad. Yeah. We're sad boys, but I, I do like cats, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. a cat guy myself. Mm. So. I'm an all, all types of animals guy. Oh, which, so you love this Chernobyl yeah. episode. Yeah, I was going to say, which, <laughs> yeah, this, this is even a sadder episode. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, what about you, man? What have your coffee thoughts been? Yeah, you know, speaking of Chernobyl, the happiest show on earth. Um, yeah. Yeah, earlier today, I, I went and visited the dentist, just get my routine mm. clean, you know, you know, just keep the teeth healthy, try to be at least. Fresh cut, um, then you get yeah, some clean you know, teeth. Try to take care of myself, um, just because, you know, you, you never know, but... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, dot, dot, dot. In my head, just because, just think about Chernobyl, anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, shoot. just because people getting sick and stuff. <laughs> No man. No. Just, oh, Vesely, shout out. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like a blister. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I you know I was doing the was it the X rays, you know, getting scans of my teeth and stuff. And mm-hmm. while while the the assistant was doing that, I was like, man, how much radiation is this right now? <laughs> you know, how many how many wrote ro- ro- again or whatever? Rotkins, yeah. Ro- ro- <laughs> like how many oh, chest X rays is this? <laughs> um, Yo, and that's so. a direct to your face X-ray. Yeah, you know? that's, that's not they, a regular they put chest the, X-ray. The, like the lead, whatever thing, like on your torso. Yeah, but then like, like your head is all exposed. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I never thought about that. I was like, what is this gonna? How's this gonna help me? I mean, yeah, I mean, it helps my organs, but like my brain though. <laughs> that's an organ. Yeah. So that's just what I was thinking about a little bit. You know, mm. Chernobyl just seeping into the rest of my life, but. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but who wow. knows? How was your doc? How was your dentist visit? Uh, overall, it was great. Um, nice. The dentist is actually a friend of mine. So, oh. yeah, he he just opened his own practice uh, recently in in Dallas. So, mm. you know, shout out Skillman Family Dentistry. Anyone looking for a dentist? <laughs> Hit him up, we tell him Dill sent outs. you, hey. and you probably won't get any promos, Promo. but uh, he'll he'll be like, hey, that's cool. That's cool. He's actually plugging us now. <laughs> He's plugging yeah, the poor right. boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, my, my teeth coming clean at you through the mm. audio, courtesy <laughs> of the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Um, I, I'm sad to end our discussion on a sad note uh, to yes. our transition to our Chernobyl discussion. Um, so <laughs> um, for those of you who are just catching up with us now, we've been talking about Chernobyl. Uh, so this week we're continuing that discussion and we're talking about their critically acclaimed HBO miniseries Chernobyl. It's been awarded Primetime Emmys and Golden Globe Awards for Best Miniseries um, on um, TV. And um, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out our discussions before or you haven't watched the show, please go back and check out our discussions or pick up on the show. We are episode we are on episode four today. 
And um, just like uh, last week, when we talked about the screenplay being online, also on John August's website uh, is uh, Chernobyl Episode 4, The Happiness of All Mankind. That screenplay is on PDF. So that's, that's pretty cool. But um, basically, to give you guys a synopsis of Episode 4, uh, Dill and I were sadly watching um, this episode, which is mainly kind of about... Um, how the Chernobyl team continues to prevent the spread of radiation. And so episode four opens up with this scene of an elderly woman milking a cow. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she won't leave. And so the soldier kills the cow. And the elderly woman just like sits there and just like is kind of shook. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of sets the stage for the rest of the episode in which um, people are having to make some very uh, dire um, decisions and sacrifices for the betterment of all. And I feel like that's kind of where the the title, The Happiness of Mankind, comes from. Mm. But um, specifically with animal killing, we see that continued with uh, Pavel, I think that was his name, mm-hmm. and Bacho. They are um, basically they're tasked with killing these animals that were left behind um, in the Priapat area. And uh, they go into these contaminated areas and they basically kill all the animals that are there. And uh, this new guy, Pavel, which actually shout outs to Pavel, man. He's the guy that was on killing of a sacred deer, which is kind of interesting because hmm. that's also a movie slash, slash TV show that Ooh. is about killing an animal. Uh, but I think he was on maybe like Black Mirror or something. He looks very familiar oh, from something else. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so Pavel's like initially kind of hesitant to kill these animals, these doggies, like puppies. But he's kind of quickly trained to become this merciless killer, at least until he finds a mother dog with her litter. And then Pavel is like kind of frozen. And then Bacha like tells him to leave to take care of it himself because Bacha's kind of this like war war worn kind of guy he's like clearly a veteran he's seen some things so he takes mm-hmm. that job and um there's some other scenes there that we could touch on later uh next we kind of zoom to Ulana and she's continuing her investigation on the incident and she's having some trouble getting information from the authorities uh and getting um what she needs from this particular library. And nevertheless, she does discover uh, an interesting article, which she shares with Dyatlov. And then later on, she does some more digging and shares what she finds with uh, Sherbina and um, Legasov. But before we get to that, she shares it with Dyatlov. And Dyatlov is like at the hospital. He's actually looking pretty good now. Like he's not looking like a scab. And he is, um, he is like totally dismissive of her. Like, she comes in, she's like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. And, and he's just kind of like, uh, leave me alone. Like, um, I, I don't care. You know, like, um, you're looking for the truth. Like, the authorities are going to, like, tell you what, 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 what they want you to know and not the truth. He's kind of, like, just dismissive of it. So she leaves, but she's still determined to find out what happened. Um, and then we kind of flash back and forth throughout the whole episode with Sherbina and Legasov, who are clearing the rubble um, on the roof of these different reactors. And they're trying to basically build this shelter structure to contain the contamination. 
and um, they have these robots doing the cleaning, but one of the reactors, um, it's like so intense and like so, so much radiation is being emitted that the robot that they get from the Germans fails and they have to come up with an alternative solution, which turns out to being human robots or bio robots, as Legosoft would say. And so basically all these men take their turns like 90 seconds going on the roof, uh, pushing off the graphite and just like trying to clean up as best they can. Um, and there's one particular soldier, which this task is too dangerous for. And, and he like comes out with like a scratch on his, um, his boot is open. He like, he like does everything possible to like mess up. (laughs) And it's like so cringy, but he gets back in and the, um, the uh the superior is like you're done like you're done you're you're done just like go home finally uh ulana boris and sherbina meet away from the kgb bugs and ulana shares with them too about the article she found and um, legosov is actually surprisingly aware of that incident that also occurred in 1975 which is from the article and um now you know Legasov also shares with Ulana that he's tasked to um, go to this uh, conference, I guess, Dill, to kind of talk mm-hmm. about um, the the incident and also um, basically represent the country. And so he's tasked with this dilemma. He's faced with this dilemma of either telling the truth, kind of going Ulana, uh, or withholding information to protect himself and to protect uh, the other people kind of going more towards um, Sherbina's advice. So that is where we are now with um, Chernobyl. Yeah. And uh, it's a doozy, man. A lot of things happen um, this episode. We, we got to see a lot of things we didn't see before, I guess mm-hmm. is, is what I would say. So, Dill, man, um, what did you think about this episode? Yeah, this episode was a lot. It was heavy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, as they all are, but this one took took it to the next level. I would Ooh. say. Um, detail, yeah. detail. Yeah, uh, somewhat related to that, and also just following up um, on on who Pavel is. Mm. Um, you know, did, did a little bit of searching. Okay. Yeah, so you know, you, you're right. He, he's known for being in the killing of a sacred deer, but he's also in Dunkirk. Oh, American animals. So right. you know, he's been in a, a good number of uh, shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of them more, you know, war related, maybe you know, or it's just similar to Chernobyl in some ways. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so he's known for that. And then related to this episode, I was reading just a little. Um, the creator of the show, Craig Mazin, was doing an interview, and he's saying, yeah, obviously episode four is really hard to watch for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But he said they um, they cut out a scene that Pavel was in that was even darker than anything that was actually still in the episode. Oh wow! And so he he didn't go into detail with what that was, but oh my it could have been worse. I wonder if it so, was like actually seeing an animal get shot. Maybe, know. yeah. I'm not because it it was oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, it's already so dark. Like they mm-hmm. bring these kids in on the bus. You know, he's obviously very young, and mm-hmm. and, and the his, the rest of his team. They're like, oh yeah, where'd you serve? You know, Afghanistan, all those things. He's like, I'm I'm mm-hmm. not in the army. I'm just here. You know, I'm yeah. a liquidator. That's kind of what they call them. 
Um, mm. And then they just go out and kill the dogs. And it's very sad. And and he, and he stumbles upon, yeah, that litter. And it's it's tough. Like, just the whole the whole vibe, the whole emotional landscape of the episode was just very down, very low. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah man. I, as, as a whole, I would say the episode, I don't think, it wasn't my favorite mm. out of the ones we've all watched so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was necessary because right. it basically, in the previous episodes, like the, the plan that Legoslav, Sherbina, Ulana, like the plan that they have written up, this is us seeing that put into action. Mm-hmm, but like, right. it's it's tough because they have to span a lot of time and show like just the passing of time within one episode where with this one, I feel like it was just really zoomed out, like a very mm-hmm. zoomed out look where mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of specific characters that I was really bought into. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these different... Um, kind of peeks into what's going on, which is interesting in itself. You know, they're trying right. to clean up the roof. Um, mm-hmm. They're calling all these liquidators in to handle all the remaining living animals and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, that's why, like, it's necessary. I see why they included it. I well, think is it the really? storytelling aspect. I don't know. Like, maybe. I feel like it might not be necessary. Like, it just, it gives you a very different look at the Chernobyl yeah. incident. Like, up to this point, we were all just talking about the incident itself, uh, information control, yeah. and damage control. But now we're like looking at something very much, I think, peripheral to everything that's mm. been happening. Like, what do that's we? True. What do we do with the animals? And then, like, <laughs> you know, um, what's up with this like debris on the top of the the roof? Mm-hmm. Which I think maybe this show has been giving us like little teasers for the animal yeah. thing. You know, like in episode three when Mm -hmm. the animals were there and in episode two when they talked about people leaving the animals Mm -hmm. but i didn't think they would dedicate an entire episode to that that's true that's why like it might have been a little too much time spent on it Mm -hmm. but like i think before we started the whole series i personally probably would have expected the episodes to be more like this Really? And I'm I'm glad they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more of that human element, like they have some characters that we focus in on, like like we shared before. Mm-hmm. Because this is it feels is almost like a dramatized documentary feel in mm-hmm. some ways, where like this is what's happening. So there's kind of some like factual basis, but then there's yeah. a little bit of narrative thrown in, but right. it's not this whole like story, fully developed characters, all that kind of stuff where where, like, the first three episodes were, like, like right. the whole vibe with this one was just a little bit different. And I just wasn't as into it. I wasn't mm-hmm. as drawn in. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe just because it was just, like, just dark. It was just, like, sad and yeah. depressing. Where, like, the other ones were also sad and depressing, but mm-hmm. you're still very engaged. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I was just like, I'm just going to look away now. <laughs> just killing a bunch of dogs and, like, cows and yeah. stuff. So, Ooh, man, that yeah. scene with the... Uh, the dogs being buried in concrete, the dead yes. animals. Ooh. Ooh. That was hard to watch. Uh, that's tough. I, at first, I thought they wouldn't show, like, the animal bodies falling in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they did. <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> all right, they went there, going yeah. all in. Yeah. Right. And then, like, you see the people, I think the ones that were digging the holes, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're on a break now because they dug the holes, and they're just sitting there watching. And everyone's just... I mean, they're not casual about it, but at the same time, it just it just kind of is. It is what it is. 
Like, this is what is required of them, which is very sad. Right. It makes me think about, like, once again, people doing what they have to do to Mm -hmm. um, move on or to to the betterment of of society. And um, I really like that conversation that um, that uh, Bacho had with um, Pavel about kind of mm-hmm. his first killing of someone in the army. Oh yeah, uh, and just talking about like this, like this is not who I am. Like you put a bullet in someone, you're not you anymore. But then you mm-hmm. wake up the next morning and you're still you, and you realize that was you all along. You just didn't know. Mm. So I think it, it like speaks to somebody who is like, I don't know, forced to become something they're not because of their job and because of what they're tasked. Yeah. And then like the numbness of it at a certain point where they're just like, oh, this is what, this is what I got to do. And, um, it's like, it's like also kind of speaking to the cost of happiness. Like Mm. in order for us to live as civilians being happy, which I think we kind of take Pavel's place in this dynamic we're like mm-hmm. Pavel, you know, like we're like, oh, sh- I don't want to kill any dogs. Like, that's not a beautiful, happy thing. But it's like they had to do that so that other people can live and that mm-hmm. that contamination is not continuing to spread. Yeah, definitely. I think this is that uh, this episode really just showing the cost of everything. Yeah. Like, because first three episodes where we're all in that narrative is very intense to try and figure out what to do. They make that plan, and we're like, ah, great, you know, mm-hmm. good storytelling. And now this is the plan in action, and there's real people that actually have to go and do this. And it's very long. It's very drawn out. It's not a quick thing. Like, you know, five episodes of a TV show, five hours for us. Mm-hmm. But for them, it's like months, and like even now, like they're still, the, the consequences are still very real. And yeah. so I think it, it painted that. Um, yeah, as a whole, I feel like they're trying to really say something really deep about Mm -hmm. this you know um but at the same time i just feel like i I didn't really identify as much with the overall situations i'm just like okay i felt they're trying to do something here right i don't know if it's quite being accomplished i feel like they they didn't lean into that message as Mm -hmm. much as i think i wanted them to they focused more on the actual act of killing these animals yeah. And like that sympath, that kind of just sorrow, that sympathy aspect to it. But I don't know. That's that's just me. Um, what else did you think about this this arc in this episode? Anything else about the Bacho Pavel um, scenes? Hmm. It's. I, I think I'm surprised. I does Pavel talk that much like i feel like he's just kind of there because mm-hmm. he's taking it all in and mm-hmm. it's just a lot like especially after he kills the first dog and he's just there and that that's when bacho tells his whole story and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot but yeah he's just silent kind of throughout and yeah. so and you just kind of wondering like for these people it's real people did this and like how it really just shaped them. Right. You know, Bacho, he, he tried to tell the stories like, ah, this is who I am all along or, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not a different person, but mm-hmm. this obviously changes them. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the, in the same kind of interview I was reading from uh, Craig Mason, the, the creator, he said, Pavel is based on a real person. 
Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, they, the people, real people, kind of based on real like, people. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. But like his specific experience um, was kind of something that he either heard or read or something, and so he hmm. kind of he created this this character based on that. And hmm. yeah, I think this just makes you think about the long term effects. I think yeah. less about like the showy kind of just the the parts of the story that are super interesting, but now mm-hmm. this is even more real in the sense that like, yeah, they, these are the people, you know, and they bring all these people in from all around and they just had to go and do this. Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. they asked for like 750,000 yeah, men or something. About, and, uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and then they have that line when Pablo first comes into the tent and they realize he's not a soldier. Basically he's not in the army. Hmm. And the other guy is just like they're running out of men. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like even them, there's just it's just this I don't know like obligation. Like they're they're doing it doing it because they have to. Yeah. But they kind of realize like this is a pretty bad situation. Yeah. Kinda, even like like the coal miners before too. Yep. They were just like it has to be done, even though they mm-hmm. know this is terrible for them. And mm-hmm. but they just do it anyways. Right. And we see the same thing with um, the scenes with the uh, rubble clearing in mm-hmm. in in, uh, in those scenes with um, Shrabina and Legasov. And we do get to see, like, some victories there. Like, there is some mm-hmm. celebration, especially with the robots being able to clear the first two uh, reactor mm-hmm. roofs. But then that second, the third one, it it once again becomes this example of human sacrifice. Yep. And another example of human pride, I guess, because mm. the whole part with like they get this German robot, you know, the Joker or whatever. Yeah. And they they're already like don't they don't want to ask other countries for help. Mm-hmm. And mm. then, then they get this robot, um, but then it just like immediately breaks. Yeah. It's just like I oh, yeah, one meter forward, great, great, one meter back, and it just goes Cat. away. Yeah, it's like ah, ah. and Shabina freaks out. Oh my god, I feel bad uh, for that like, phone. Yeah, he's so pissed. <laughs> I was man, I was like, oh, I mean, I I guess it's merited, but it was more of an extreme reaction than I was expecting. Yeah, um, especially from him because mm, he's, he's he's a so bureaucrat. calculated. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's like, this is what we have to do, even though it's not the ideal. You know, he just knows mm-hmm. how to work within the system. But mm-hmm. that was like over the top, way too much for him. Right. Yeah, you know, he's kind of yelling. He's like, "Don't they know what we're doing here?" Well, and basically, yeah. yeah. yeah I think ahead. he's becoming becoming frustrated with the propaganda because mm-hmm. he was talking about how, yes, we did get a robot according to the parameters we are setting by the propaganda that we're we're showing out. So, yeah. like, we got a robot that was not prepared for the job because we're sharing that our job's not that bad. Like mm-hmm. the job is not that bad, and so the Germans provided the job, a ta- uh, provided a robot for the task. Unfortunately, yeah. that's all false information, and so I yeah. think Boris Trebina is kind of like, I guess he's kind of like, um, there's got to be some idiom or analogy for this, but mm-hmm. he he he's he's recognizing that 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 propaganda is working against against them, working to their yeah. disadvantage. Yeah, and so, yeah, it just goes to show another example, just the state not wanting wanting to be humiliated, Mm -hmm. and, like, they're choosing their image and, like, saving face over 
the real realities of what's yeah. going on. So maybe that's sort of why maybe it's like juxtaposed in this way where like the propaganda machine is getting in the way of Sharina actually trying to do his job. Mm. And then also we see like, I mean, there's the real people like Pavel out here that are also paying the price in some ways. And even just the guys that they have go on the roof that are unnamed for us. Yeah. Um, and then the state's still out here trying to be like, it's it's not that bad, you know, like it's chill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad, but you know it's it's fine. And, and they <laughs> they even have a conversation like, will they ask the Americans? And mm-hmm. The other official or the general, or whatever, he's like, no, <laughs> like that's, that's basically a non-starter. That's like a joke, you right? Know, they, right. Never stoop to that level. He says something like that, right? And so they were upset, like, yeah. even just the robot being from West Germany as opposed to East mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, what are the influences and just how we think about situations like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Legoslav is kind of like, and the scientists, like we've talked before, they, they're just trying to solve the problem. Like, this mm-hmm. is a human issue, there's risk here, but then there you throw in, like, the politics and all that stuff, and it just becomes so complicated, and you just kind of wonder, is, is that necessary? Yeah. And I think, obviously, most people would say no, but mm-hmm. it's just the reality of just kind of the world we live in. Right, which makes me worry about Legoslav's character and Mm. how he's going to contend with that idea of protecting himself from the government or telling the truth. Because I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm definitely getting the feeling that he is starting to change from someone Mm. who's a truth seeker to someone who is more interested in protecting his his own butt. I don't yeah. know if you got that vibe this episode, but he was very quiet this episode. Mm. He didn't really speak up a whole lot, and it almost seemed like uh, Shrabina was the one that was like kind of um, celebrating with the scientists and like just mm. kind of like, I don't know, like just being, I don't know. I just get that vibe that like, like a saw is, is something's brewing in his mind. Like, yeah. I think he's, he's, he's becoming more of a politician or becoming mm. more of someone who's concerned with um, his own self-interest and becoming more like Shabina, maybe. Yeah. So you think, is he going to lie in the next episode when he goes out to that conference with the other countries? Like not just that they're mm-hmm. Soviet people anymore, but in the public, you know, cause that's kind of the cliffhanger where the episode leaves off. Right. Is he going to tell the truth, use that platform, or is he going to work within the state? I get the feeling that he's probably going to lie. Yeah. And I think that that parlays into his, what he does later in, in life when we see at the beginning mm-hmm. of the series. Yeah. 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 That's my thought too. Only really because we have that first scene in episode one, you know, mm-hmm. um, where, where he kills himself and he, he's just a man in regret. Yeah. And I just assume, yeah, what, what you're saying, I think is probably spot on. Like he's slowly changing, whether consciously or subconsciously, mm-hmm. just kind of letting Shervina, letting the rest of the government like affect him. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I wonder if he, how aware of it he is, hmm. because it just makes me think of the conversation he has with Ulana when he's getting her out of, like, the KGB prison. 
Mm-hmm. And he's telling her, like, she has to keep pursuing the truth. Like, she has to keep going. Right. And, like, is he doing that because mm. he realizes that he's not anymore? Or, like, mm. something has changed for him? Yes. Like, he's like, I, I'm, you know, like, that might be reading into it, but I he's don't know. Like, he's, like, deferring to her now because he's like, I no longer feel compelled or, like, I just mm. feel this tension about it. So you must be the one to do it. Or maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely kind of get that vibe though from kind of what, what yeah. you shared. That's that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna lie in episode five as well. So I guess we'll see. But mm-hmm. yeah, doesn't 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 feel good. No, I, I remember when you said last week about how like um, radiation is like this slow death, and, like mm-hmm. it just kind of creeps up on you, and it's like a physical death. I think mm-hmm. in this episode, we start to see a psychological decay Ooh, among the people. Yeah. Yeah. Like between Pavel and uh, Legasov, I think we're start- starting to see people decaying their morals and their mm. just kind of their personalities. That is a slow and kind of, like you just said with Legasov, maybe something that happens that they're unaware of. Mm-hmm. Um, in order... To, I mean, it's just kind of a byproduct of protecting other people, a byproduct of um, seeking safety for others, a byproduct of mm-hmm. seeking safety of yourself to, to protection from the state. So, like all these things that we we we're trying to we're trying to seek uh, that that quote unquote are good end up changing maybe who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And in that last conversation between Sherbina, Ulana, and Legislav, you know, because Ulana discovers, you know, there's some redacted documents, something about the reactor cores, you know, mm-hmm. and then we find out that Legislav knows about it already. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta wonder how that affects him, because then I, mm. I'm surprised that he would continue trying to work within the system. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they're like, you know, my, my colleague found out the issue that basically probably caused this at Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And that was 10 years ago. And he's been holding it inside this whole time. Yeah, that's who's like, I'd be eating away at you. Like, mm-hmm. you know this. And then it's just like, given all of that, too, like, we still think he he's going to lie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, very very contradictory or maybe unexpected but right maybe expected just given just the his circumstances yeah his circumstances the climate of mm-hmm. where they live mm-hmm. so. yeah man interesting anything else uh, about the happiness of all mankind i mean this uh, the the last uh, last thing i wrote in my notes i was like this is the depression of all mankind like <laughs> This, this is, I didn't think it could feel worse. Like it feels worse in a different way now. Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And and I think that's really uh, poignant with the small like side story arc of Ludmilla in this episode. Hmm. Oh yeah, um, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, they, they have to show a long passage of time just mm-hmm. as they kind of enact the whole plan, um, all the different moving parts, but then. 
alongside that, Luke Miller's she pregnant though, as we mm-hmm. find out in the last episode, and it just kind of goes alongside with her until she gives birth. And I guess Ilana yeah. has been checking in on her. They didn't really go too much into that, right? And but they, she just kind of drops a bomb, like you know, her baby died like four hours after it, um, it was born, mm-hmm. and it's just very sad, you know. And like yeah. they have that scene where all the babies are crying next to their moms in, in mm-hmm. the new, in the newborn kind of wing or whatever the hospital and like mm-hmm. she's just sitting there by herself like yeah. staring at the wall mm-hmm. and you just feel bad yeah so. yeah i think ulana has that quote in the end just um going off of what shrubina is like impressing upon her about protecting yourself uh and lying as protecting yourself as the basis of lying. And uh, I think Ulana says, we live in a country where children have to die to save their mothers, Mm -hmm. referring to Ludmilla. So the hell with the names and the hell with your deals. Mm -hmm. Someone has to start telling the truth. So I think she, she's concerned about obviously um, the truth and, and, and preventing something from this, preventing this from happening ever again. Mm-hmm. recognizing the the weight of that um but yeah man there's also real consequences you know uh you know just i thought lumilla would be dead too yeah yeah um but yeah it's doubly sad that she lives on but her her child uh passed away yeah that makes it much worse right you know yeah because you know maybe if we knew more about science we would we would have predicted it i don't know i was surprised but mm-hmm. ulana is basically like the 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 baby absorbed all the radiation mm-hmm. and so the mom lives and right. the kid had to die that's that's terrible that's interesting and terrible at the same time yep yep, so, yep. just uh depressing that's yep. that's it so, Sad Boys Podcast. Yep. Welcome, welcome, one <laughs> and all. Yeah. Well, I look forward to picking it up um, next week on our mm. Cher- Chernobyl finale, right? Yeah. Isn't it episode the five, end. the last one? Yeah. Do you know what the yeah, episode's that, called? Yeah. Uh, I don't, actually. Um. Well... We will talk about that next week and wrap up mm-hmm. our discussion on the miniseries. And, um, yeah, hopefully it wraps itself up in a neat, tidy bow. If not, mm. then we're already used to discomfort, yeah. sadness, and all of the above. So it's all good. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, it's just wearing us down just so we'll just be <laughs> like, whatever, man. Like, yeah, we'll just, we'll be just be like Diat Love, like, yeah. like whatever. Um, make me a caviar and egg sandwich yep. or something. Yeah. Just the last comment. Like he, he looks surprisingly good <laughs> in this episode, by the way. I was like, what the? Yeah. So that, I was, I was surprised by that. Yeah. He straight up don't care. He, yeah. I think, uh, Ulana comes in. She's like, Hey, Diat, look, you're looking pretty good. Uh, <laughs> how you feeling? He's just like, no, leave. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, He's letting so the guess, cigarettes kill him. Yeah, that's true. One way or the other. Cool. Well, maybe we can end on a slightly more positive note, as we try to do on the mm-hmm. Sad Boys podcast. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, we we end the episode by asking each other what's making us happy this week. You know, try, try to get that good vibes, positivity. So mm-hmm. yeah, what's making you happy this week, Joe? <laughs> um, I uh, am am happy about um, going to the YMCA. Hey, YMCA. YMCA. Uh, but I've been going to the Y since the new year, and mm. um, today I, for the first time, hit up the sauna there. Hey, luxury. So, yeah, man. Yes, living large. So it was good. It was, I um, really, it was a nice little detox. Mm. Um, I sweated a lot. Um, I did a little stretching in there too, just trying to work out my, my calves and get them loose, loosened up. But yeah, man, it was, um, it was a good time in the sauna. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What about you, man? What is making you happy this week? Yeah. So last week we mentioned, you know, Lunar New Year came and went. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that is a food that my family eats basically every year. Uh. I I don't know what it's called in English, but, you know, it's the Nian Gao, you know. Hey, uh, say it with pride. Yeah, yeah. I don't speak Mandarin, so I don't don't know if it's right. But um, anyways, it's, you know, usually it's good. I like it. You know, usually mm-hmm. cook it, you know, on, on the skillet, whatever. Um, and, but my, one of my mom's friends made it in this new way that I never had before. Oh, the new way. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it seems like maybe they like baked it. So it's kind of like, like a cake pie kind of thing. Like, so there's like, like a, a layer on top of it. Um, oh. So it's not just like the... The Niagao itself um, is, like, really good. Um, it's, like, kind of thinner. And then, yeah, there's just, like, a layer on top and bottom. Almost uh-huh. has, like, a crust like a pie. Whoa. Wait. Is it sweet or salty? Um, it's sweet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And this one is because it's already made, so you can just cut a piece off and eat it. And I was, oh. I was surprised how good it was. Cause usually I've had the, this before. other ones. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used to, like, oh, you got to, yeah, like put it on the skillet, kind of cook it a little bit, get it crispy. Mm-hmm. But this one, the whole thing, I guess they baked it or something. Right. And I, I don't know what the variation is called, but I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is amazing. So. Yeah. I really, I, um, when you said Nian Gao initially, I was thinking about the savory version mm. of like, you know, like, um, like Koreans have the jokboki. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is like yeah. a type of Nian Gao. And then like, I think, more traditional like Chinese or Cantonese do like the the uh, flat ones that are kind of circular mm-hmm. and they kind of stir mm-hmm. fry them with like vegetables and stuff. But um, but yeah, the one you're talking about is yeah usually sweet. There might be like red bean in there with mm-hmm. it. Uh, but yeah, I've also tried the one that you're talking about, the baked niangao, which yes, okay, very yeah, good. Yeah, I've, I've never had that one, so I, I think uh, no, no hate to the just the regular one, but this is much much better. Like, <laughs> ooh, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's making me happy, surprisingly. Nice. So, then you making me yeah. hungry. Yeah, dude. I, I might. I had a piece before we started recording. I might, <laughs> I might go eat another one. You know, because it's there. Right. It's winter time. Dangerous. You gotta bulk up. That's right. Bulking season. Yeah. Nice. Well, cool. Cool. Well, glad we got to end on a little more positivity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, always good to talk. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Finish it up next week with the Sad Boys podcast, like we're saying. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.